never goes out on the air. Yeah, right. Did he bring me an ice? I think that's ice in that. Yeah, better be ice. We're sleeping. There we go. You're like that much, maybe. I'm kind of, kind of pussy. Where are these big bottles of Crown keep coming from? Yeah, it's Johnny Resnick just keeps like sending them. He came out. He came one time during the pandemic, and I was sitting outside. I had a pickle jar full of Crown Royal. I should save this for the broadcast for the thing too. Yeah. But, he, but he, uh, it's really good. But he, um, he then sent me one of those and a jar of pickles. And I'm like, why did you send me a jar of pickles? He said because you had your liquor in a pickle drawer. And I'm like. Oh, that's just because I didn't want my husband to see me <laughs> carrying a half gallon of crown to work. It's a bit, yeah, the handle, the whole fucking... We oh, actually already, okay. we crowned up. Thanks We're, a lot. Yeah, you're awesome. <clears throat> oh my God, to be a total asshole, will you bring us a couple stir sticks? Yeah, because I don't, you know, using my eyeglass arm of my glasses is, is what I usually no, do. No, 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 I'm good. Oh, we're just toasting. Yeah, cheers. All right, Keith, uh, give me some sort of... Oh, we're going? Oh, shit. Are you, have you been recording already? Oh, crap. Uh -oh. Okay. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, so this is Candace Stewart. I'm here with Chris Sester. Uh, most people would know Chris. He's a drummer. He's been a famous musician, touring musician for a long time. But we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of where Chris grew up and how he got to where he is today. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm great. It's good to be back here at East West, my favorite place in L.A. Don't tell my girlfriend. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people are probably familiar with the band that you were in, Jet, and then we're not going to really talk a whole lot about Jet. I really want to know more about, I mean, unless you want to, I want to know more about, like, I know you're Australian. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Melbourne, which is a southern city in the state of Victoria in Australia. Um, in 1981. Oh my God, 19. Yeah. Well, you're um, young. Yeah, and uh, what's funny actually is just recently I had to deal with this. Is like on my passport they get really specific about where you're from, hmm. and um, so it has to match with your birth certificate. So I was born in a town called Noble Park, which is a real shithole. And uh, <laughs> did and, it get annexed into another state <laughs> or province or something? <laughs> No, it's just a part of Melbourne, but it's like it's like if you say you're from the valley, but you're really from Van Nuys or right, 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 something like that. Um, but the, I went to go collect my passport, and the American lady there was like, "Ooh, Noble Park, that sounds really nice. It does sound really, really nice. really posh, yeah." Yeah. So when I was growing up, Australia has a lot of. Um, it's a really sort of culturally mixed, very culturally mixed place, and um, uh, that sort of part of town was where all of the. Um, the latest sort of wave of immigrants would come and my father was an Italian immigrant um, my mother Scottish and um, so at the time when I was growing up in the 80s there was a lot of you know Asian immigrants and uh, was there a lot of was there like racial unrest yeah absolutely like uh -huh. I one of my one of my earlier school memories was going down to the bus stop to go to school and there was this kid there called Goose fucking classic yeah. um <laughs> And uh, you know he goes, oh, I don't. Can I? I can. can I? Did he call you a wop? Or? Nah. Well, they didn't really know because I'm I'm half Scottish, half Italian. I don't think I back then at least I didn't before my nose turned into this. <laughs> Did I didn't Noble, look. Was there a slur to be from Noble Park? Like, was there a nickname for people from Noble Park? Cunts. Oh, okay, got <laughs> no, it. Yeah. Bogans. A bogan is like a white trash, like our version of white. Bogan trash. or like a vogon, like from Tr Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> oh no, bogan. Okay. Well, I was going to say goose. 
um, you know, turned up to the bus stop and he's like, oh, because I play football at the local club. And he was rugby like, or football, a football? Fo- Australian football, which is different to rugby, different to soccer. What? It's, it's really? It's its own fucking it's thing. It's its own. I'm code. so fucking confused. So wait, it's not American football. It's not rugby. It's not soccer. It's called Australian rules football, but in <laughs> Australia, because there's you know all these different codes, we just call it footy. Mm-hmm. So we call rugby rugby. We call Australian rules football footy, and we call soccer soccer. And which American is, football. Pussy, pussy play. Uh, yeah, get your <laughs> get your pads on. Have a good time. I broke my arm three times playing football. Oh shit! How old were you? Uh, she's like nine, oh, eleven, <laughs> fourteen. Um, but yeah, goose. Just like, what'd you do this weekend, Sester? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Played played for the juniors, you know. And I was like, what'd you do, goose? And I went bashing. Like just you know, just trying to find Asian kids to beat up, and they would be doing the same thing. Oh man! You know? Okay, wow. I always tried to stay out of it, and like I'm, I'm like, oh, that's cool, Goose. But you know, over the years, I saw Goose do some pretty. And this crazy is probably things. in like 1990. Like yeah, holy crap! Probably about 1991. <laughs> the internet brought Australia much more closer to the rest uh, of the world, <laughs> politically speaking, to the rest of the world. But yeah, that's kind of where I grew up. I mean, it wasn't like I, I wasn't. Um, starving for food or anything you know we were a pretty regular family from around then was it deserty or is it is it green it's really green it, oh. um, a lot of misconceptions about australia a lot of people think that like it's hot all the time we have seasons um it's is really, it the middle like uninhabitable and full yeah. of tarantulas and shit yeah <laughs> the middle is where you're going to get all those crazy well, is Melbourne, I, because i'm completely and dear listeners judge away because i'm completely an idiot about Australian geography. Is Melbourne near the water? Yes, Melbourne is near the water, and the six major cities okay. that you may have heard of. Gotcha. Well, are Sydney, all we got Brisbane. Sydney, Brisbane. My friend from Perth. Perth. I'm from Adelaide. Adelaide. Sounds like a shithole, too. So. Yeah. I mean, Adelaide's <laughs> funny. The, the mayor of Melbourne said not too long ago, like, I don't even know why it's a city. They should just take it off the map. Um, oh, Adelaide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a major city. So you you grow up in this not rural, like sort of middle class environment. You mm-hmm. know, what did your dad do for a living? My father was a butcher. Oh, killer! Yeah, that's quite. What your mama do? She uh, mom? My she mummed. She <laughs> she mummed her balls off <laughs> for years. How many siblings? Three brothers. Oh crap! No, four boys. And where do you fall in that? Are you uh, the youngest? I'm the second eldest. The eldest yeah. is my brother Nick. Um, who's the singer in Jet. Okay. Um, What's and, the younger one do? He's a uh, prison two, guard now? <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Um, no, not my family, but not my brothers, but um, my, my cousin. Well, we were DMing the other day, and I'm just texting. I'm like, yeah, and he's sending me photos of his kids. And, you know, we were really close growing up. We haven't seen each other for years because I live in L.A. now, obviously. But yeah. um, he's like... You know, and then all of a sudden, he kind of it kind of dawned on him. Oh yeah, Chris like probably posts a lot on Instagram. He goes, um, "By the way, hey, don't post any of the things that I tell you about on, prison." About yeah, and I was like, "No, no, dude, it's fine." <laughs> I'm like, "I thought I was the celebrity here," oh. um, but he's like, "Yeah, just keep it." And then he goes, "You know what? Shit, I gotta go. I gotta go." I'm like, "I don't know <laughs> what like, happened." There you was like a scared. riot broke out you or something. Oh, no, right? he, was at, he was at work texting oh, me, and then oh, he's shit. like, "I gotta go. Bye." Oh, right. oh yeah. What, what could that be? That could be a fire. That could be. Who knows? That could be like an escape. Someone holding a screwdriver to someone's <laughs> neck. Oh, yeah. I always tried. I always wanted to know. You know, I digress, but that's what we do on trade secrets. I always wanted to know how to make a shiv, and I thought, well, why don't you just? Why don't you just? <laughs> you know, 
like it all seemed so f- fruitless. Like, why don't you just carry an ice pick and sneak an ice pick in or something? Yeah, I mean, they seem to be able to sneak anything they want in there. I mean, I guess making a shiv, what you just got to melt shit down. I mean, you know, it I sounds great. You, you go into like, you know, where they're making the license plates and you peel off like a corner. <laughs> you know, I make like a stick ring, you know, like a ring because I'm a chick, obviously. Yeah. And I, I want to make like a ring where I could like jab somebody. Anyway, so we know that you have three brothers. Yep. Grew up in Melbourne, and when did you first start to play music? Was that something that, was your family musical, your parents, or? Not really. Um, You know, when Jet blew up, you know, in the early 2000s, our record came out in 2003, a lot. I I bought your CD when it first came out. I remember. CD? Yeah. I had landed in Hawaii. I was going to my timeshare for my vacation with my husband, and we went to the Kmart to pick up our usual, you pick up the rental car from the Kahului Airport in Maui, then you go to the Kmart, and you get like your towels and rafts and shit, because you don't want to rent them from the rental place, or mm-hmm. buy shit, you know, buy the rafts from the yeah. rental place, so you go to Kmart, and I was like, we need we need CDs for the for the Mustang convertible, and I'm like, we need CDs, so I bought like Velvet Revolver, I think, I bought Jet, I bought Roxy Music, because I'm a huge Roxy Music fan. And I bought a bunch of CDs for the trip, which I think I left in the timeshare. Uh-huh. <laughs> so somebody else. There's a Jet enjoy. CD. Do you know? I love this, that record, though. It's I I um, I I have a love hate relationship oh, with sure. it. It gave me everything you know that I have. You know, but my you, career you and stuff. you're writing now, and and we're going to talk about that too in a minute. But you're writing now, and you're a creator, and. You know what, man? If it launched you, then now you get to do your own thing. Fuck it. Oh, you know? I ain't complaining. It's just one yeah. of those things where when you Is mature as an artist, you know, you look back at some of the choices and, you know, we'll go. We'll, what, as a mo- human? Or- we can, no, we can move on from this quickly. No. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, but um, no, more like, uh, you know, you make a record, you make a great song. And then I think sometimes we sort of erred a little bit more on the side of, we were so young when we made it, you know, I think I was 20. Wow. Um, that, you know, yeah, let's run that piano through a Leslie because it reminds us of the Beatles. And I think if I had my time again, I'd, I'd look for more creative ways to um, produce the songs or, or present the songs. Well, you've you know? probably grown as a musician and you've definitely grown as a self-producing artist and as a producer. So you probably learned... and. You've come to realize what I, and part of what I do on Trade Secrets, and not to get on a soapbox, but part of what I do is talk about how important engineers are to the process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because as a studio manager, one of the things I have to do every day is like, people are like, oh, no, I don't need an engineer. I'm like, well, you wouldn't f- get on a plane without a pilot. So right. we won't go too deep into that. But I think you've probably learned through the process of recording different things. you like, oh, okay, well, I can trust this guy. Like, you work with Dave Sardi, great mixer, who I love, great. talented cat. Now you're working with Chris Kahn. We love Chris Kahn. Chris Kahn's a great engineer as well. But uh, but we're going to get back to the juicy stuff. Let's get back to like right. high school. So now we're we're playing footy. How did we get into music? Like, where did, where did you pick? Was it school? Good segue because it kind of came out of footy because uh, like to play footy in Australia and it's there's no pads. It's rough as balls. I broke my arm three times, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, and you have to get up and sometimes travel, you know, across county to go – and play other teams and um that meant you know waking up at six thirty on a saturday and you play football in the winter so it's pissing rain 
And, you know, I kind of grew late and I was always pretty tenacious, but I just, my body wasn't big enough. Were you a short little guy? I was until I, until I was about 16. I, I was pretty small. And, uh, you know, some of those guys are developing faster than you and it's like you're playing with grown men. So I just kept breaking my bones. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm getting shit, up dude. at 30 every morning, getting Get pissed on, kicked. getting my ass kicked. And then uh, I sort of, and then my older brother, Nick, who's two years older than me. So this would have been around when I was about 15, 14. Yeah. 14, 15, he, um, he started like expanding on, my dad had a pretty basic record collection. That's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have about Jed. He's like, oh, you know, dad's record collection. But my dad really, you know, had a ton of records, but only three good ones. Abbey Road, <laughs> <laughs> Superstition. Oh, nice. Um, oh, well, hotter, is it hotter than July? Um, and, uh. I think there was a Simon and Garfunkel record, which I wasn't my thing. But oh, I Nick found that, and then he jumped off that. Dude, and that's for songwriting. Get into the Simon and Garfunkel for songwriting. I mean, you know, Noel, Noel Gallagher says, you know, like people Best ask him, well, what's your what's your um, what's your favorite Beatles album? He's like the Red and Blue album, <laughs> right? All the hits. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't need to hear all the yeah, other yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but so Nick started like bringing in Led Zeppelin and bringing in the Rolling Stones and that kind of thing. And so Is he I, singing I, like singing in the shower? No, nah, he's just the... bringing them in and going, check this out. And, you know, and nice. then he starts. Yeah, I have three older brothers. It's, it's, a, it's a contagiousness. That's yeah. how it starts. And, yeah. uh, and then so. God bless him. Yeah, <laughs> ah, absolutely. Um, and so it started there. Um, and one day, um, I didn't even, when I started learning the drums, I didn't even have a drum kit. So I would sit there. Now, you, now I wish there was a camera and like just air drum. Well, you know, and I know no. that you probably know, you know, so one of the things that uh, is interesting that Dave Grohl says in his book is he was literally like playing on like magazines and like beating, you know, beating books and hitting the countertop because he didn't have the money to get a set of drums, you know, and so... You're not the first drummer that said that to me that they first started playing, first play with their hands, playing with pencils, playing with sticks. Well, you don't need it really because, you know, you're developing dance, rhythm. You're just a. Yeah. Uh, for that's those it. Who, you just, those of you who can't you know, see, he's still playing his thighs. Yeah. Well, maybe they can hear it. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, um, they can hear so it. So I did that. And then, um, I, and then my dad finally shelled out for a red power beat drum kit for 200 bucks. Mm. Um, What's which, dad's name? John. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Dad. Is John still with us? No, John, John passed away. Uh, kind of at the, the the pinnacle of the Get Born sort of ride that we were on. He 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 got cancer really quickly. Oh no! Yeah, it was. It but was, at least he got to bad. see his boys doing what they loved. He did. He did. Right on. And that always makes me happy. Did your younger brother become a roadie? <laughs> uh, no, my younger <laughs> brothers were tormented in high school because Australia's a small country, <clears throat> and we were you know doing pretty well on a world stage. So. You know, you're the guy, the brother in Jet, and blah, blah. So they kind of, both my younger brothers ran in the opposite direction. Um, my brother Ben went, oh, scholastic, he won a scholarship. So that's why, I, that's, I always think I'm, I might be a genius because, like, my brother won a He's scholarship. A so <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you know, it's in there somewhere. Smart in the gene pool, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, they, they went the other way. So just me and Nick carried on. And uh, so you get the first drum kit. Got the first drum kit. What was it called? Power Beat. Oh, nice. Is that, a, is that a, I, is that a brand? I mean, it's a brand in Australia. <laughs> okay. I don't right. know. 
Um, but it, it was enough to learn. And I got pretty good, and I just would play along with records and stuff. And then I'm uh, not just blowing smoke up your ass. I think you're a great drummer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, to sing to sing any kind of backup or to sing at all while playing drums? I can explain that. Fuck me, dude. That's No, I'm saying that's hard. I can explain it. It's really simple because it's so hard. if you're a songwriter. Or it goes back to footy. You were an athlete. Yeah, I'm absolutely. <laughs> let's just mark this down. Genius. <laughs> athlete. Athlete. <laughs> okay no but i um i i got pretty good at that and uh and then my brother nick had had another band had a band and he had this drummer who was like a, a so he good... goes from listening to zeppelin to he's going to be a singer of the band yep uh, he decided that God bless him. Uh-huh. and uh he started a band they were doing covers and then they got a gig which was crazy what was the Whoa. first gig what was the first gig that uh, was this what we call a fate which you what guys is, would call what, it. What are all these weird words? Like, do I, like I need to, to learn another language? What's a fate? A fate is a fair. Oh. So, like, it comes to town. There's a couple of shitty little rides. Oh, okay. A fair. A fair. Yeah, yeah. I we, thought you said fear. No, we, okay, call, fair. No, we call it a fate. I don't know why. Um, but that's the same thing where John and Paul, like, yeah, met. Yeah. It was like something, and they were on the back of a truck. Anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I. He, he the drummer couldn't do it so Nick asked me if I could do it and I was like pretended oh, not to be stoked but I was stoked and all I did was practice for you know oh. two weeks oh you had a little warning yeah and then okay. I showed up and smashed it of and, course you did and then I was like mm, well you know if Luke doesn't want to do it I'll, I'll do it and so I got so in poor the band. guy yeah poor Luke. guy was gonna be in jet the other guy and then oh, he- don't worry about him he's probably like diving for lobsters <laughs> off the coast of Western Australia or something. <laughs> He was a surfer guy. Anyway, oh, um, that's well, it, really. We had to talk about surfing late. Yeah, we didn't talk about surfing. So, surfer? Me? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Come on I, now. We were just talking the other day. Yeah. Uh, my daughter um, did it for the first time and like, oh, man, I felt like such a dad. She has an amazing so daughter. Her name away. is Coco. She's amazing. It blew my mind. Like she, How old's Coco? She, I told her about you as well oh. straight away because I wanted her to know <laughs> that cool people do this. You know, she's 11. Oh, wow. um, she's born in America, and I, I have to say it's the weirdest thing when your kid's like, "Hi, Daddy," in American accent. It's kind of bizarre. So, so in my again, because we know I'm feeble. If your kid's born in America, does that autom- automatically make you a citizen? No, being married does though. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that's over and done with now. All right. Well, you know, there's phases in every life. Well, I had that's a, right. I had a first a first husband, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. Doubt- yeah, that's where, that's all they get. That's all the airtime. That's people get. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> but 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 you got Coco. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we weren't a surfer. Grew up on the coast. Played football. Got your ass kicked. Broke your bones. Become a drummer. Dad throws down. You do the first gig at the fair. Mm-hmm. And then you'd say, and what was that band called? That band was called. <laughs> Duo Sonic, and I think yeah, yeah, I think it was Duo like, Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I think because one of them I don't had know a why guitar. I think that's funny. I don't know why they had like a Fender. There was a Fender Duo Sonic, not Sonic Duo. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. So that's probably an amp name. Yeah, something. I don't know. Okay. But they were called that for a while, and then um, so this is a four-piece band or three-piece band. Four-piece was All me. Right. And Nick, and then the third. Does Nick play guitar? I don't know. Nick does, yeah. Okay, I don't know shit about Nick. Is he like a great guitar player? (laughs) He's He's all right. He kind of, um, he he kind of reminds me of like a George Harrison type guitar player. He's very melodic. He doesn't do like he's not a shredder. Yeah, my husband's a ripper. Right. Well, there's you know there's so many kinds, but he's more of a 
pick a line, pick a melody. Nice. I think if he doesn't feel or hear a melody, he's not interested. So, which but is, but you both play by you both play by ear. That's something that's important to yep. mention. Almost almost every musician I've met, I don't really know any that don't that didn't just pick up an instrument and sort of mess around with it and like get the feel for it and. I want to say, you know, fuck around with it until it felt kind of normal. My husband tried to teach me guitar lessons, and he, I literally, like, can't hold it. Like, I don't even know how to hold the fucking thing. He got me acoustic and electric, and I, like, I, like am all, like, you can't see me right now, but I'm looking really weird. I, I can't even hold it. He's like, oh, you have to cut off all your nails. I'm like, what? You cut off all your nails, and you have to you stick build with calluses it build calluses because... That's why everybody stops because it's like ah, this just hurts. This is but what about enough. drumming? Isn't that the same thing? Like, doesn't it rip your hands up? It didn't. It didn't do that until I started really gigging. Like you uh, know, so just to wrap. Did that you whole... wear like those gay little like uh, golf gloves? Oh man, no. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, for those no. of you who are listening who are homosexual in the crowd, do not be offended by my <clears throat> my uh, speech. So, but yeah, I hate. She doesn't mean gloves. she doesn't mean homosexual. She just means like. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're really not going to be, you're really going to be offended now. Anyway. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did you ever like, <laughs> did you ever take a lesson? Did you ever like talk to like, you know, Jim Keltner? Did you ever meet an idol that said, hey, Chris, you're going to break your wrist if you keep doing that? Or you're going to get tendonitis, Chris, no, if you keep playing like that? I didn't have any No advice. one gave a shit about no, Chris's wrist. <laughs> nobody really gave a shit about my wrist. So no, neither do I. Um, but I, you know, I just, I kind of just learned on the job and, you know, we got thrown into the deep end pretty quickly. So, you know, when I was about 19 or 20, 19, um, the Vines, the Australian band. I love them. Yeah. yeah. They were on the cover of Rolling Stone. Not as good as yet though. No. Pretty good though. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. They've definitely, they're definitely. Was that, like, was that the worthy. year of all the the band names that ended in S, like the Strokes, the Vines? We call it the Thus. Yeah. Every, everyone had Is a the, the The from Australia? I don't know. I've never I heard of them. I love that band. Anyway, sorry. But um, <laughs> we, so we had, we kind of got, you know, they were on the cover of Rolling Stone and we had, we had Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Rolling. We had all these songs written and demos and stuff and I was driving a delivery truck at the time and I, I heard what did you, What evolved. did you deliver? Um, spices. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's uh, curious. And, yeah, and I, so um, I was driving and I heard Highly Evolved, which is a Vine song, come on the radio and I pulled the car over. It was one of those, I was like, holy shit. This, because... You know, at that point, I think it was it was right when the strokes were breaking, yeah. and everyone had gone through you know the sort of like post grunge thing with the yeah. crappy Nirvana cover bands. I know like they Nickelback probably don't relate, but you know who I love is the Shins. Oh yeah, oh, you know I got a story about that. I love that. that band. I passed out once. That guy <laughs> caught me because I got smashed I don't know, over the head with a, with a Snapple bottle. Me neither. Oh shit! What happened now? Um, well, <laughs> should we go time, there? No, we should. Yeah, we can go there. I mean, so like, fast forward. Um, okay, Jet's playing main stage at Fuji Festival, and, and that's in Japan. Japan. Okay, I was pretty lit, I, and I was like just walking around backstage. Chris and, and I both have the same mantra: don't do drugs. Give them to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So I was like, there was this dude and like maybe, I'm sure it's the same with girls, but in a different way. But there was this guy I could just feel. He was just, I was talking to one of the guys uh, from Domino. Um, 
one of the, I think he was the CEO and we, you know, oh, Chris, you know, you meet people yeah. and we're backstage and there was this guy just sort of standing there and he was sort of mimicking everything I was saying. I'd say, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. And he'd be like, yeah, I know that guy. Who? Did you punch him? Fuck at, that guy. Well, I was just kind of keeping my eye on him because I'm not Will Smith. Like, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to find out that I'm kind of redneck because I would have been, I would, I mean, I'm no, no, from no, South wait, Carolina. You haven't, heard, you haven't heard the end of okay, the story great. Okay, great. Okay, good. But I was keeping my eye on him because I'm like, if who this, is this, it was this fucking dickwad. We'll get there. Sorry. I don't like ever saying his name because I don't think he fucking deserves you it. You probably don't know the guy. But he guy. was in a band that was oh. kind of hot at the time. Douchebag. They're not anymore. Douchebag. Oh, douchebag. And he was doing that and I was just like, you know, raising an eyebrow looking at him and I was like, that guy's really pissing me off. And, uh. So like half an hour goes by, we're still drinking. Everyone's backstage. I think Franz Ferdinand were, were there. Oh, I love them too. Great, great, great band. band. Yeah, great dudes nice as people. well. No, nice, yeah, people. nice people. Um, and uh, and then so a little while later. Oh, I should start this by on the way up to Fuji, we stopped at a, a Japanese like truck stop. You know, just to just so we could get some water and whatever. Because every country in every town has truck stops. And <laughs> the thing is, you. It's the best part of the job. The tr- the weirder the truck stop, the weirder the place you are. So we're in Japan, and it's like like you know, oh, <laughs> like what? Are, what? Are, they're, they're, I'm gonna keep. I don't want to digress. I want to hear about the story. But Japanese truck driver, Japanese truck stop. <laughs> like, what kind of food do you get at the Japanese truck? Yeah. Is it like? Is it like Simon? Like you get like the the over easy egg on like noodles or like ramen or some shit. It's or probably what? like the kind of dumplings that we pay like forty dollars for. Right, six. Right, right. They just get them out of the Seven Eleven. Right, 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 right. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. But there was a hat stand there with all these really ridiculous hats. We were all laughing at them. Now, fast forward back, rewind back to this this guy. We're walking past each other in the hallway, and he, I noticed he was wearing one of the shit hats that we had seen at the truck stop. And because I was pretty annoyed, you know, we walked past each other in the hallway. It was just me and him, and he he bumped me with Wait, his shoulder. Wait, the same fucker who was same mimicking guy. you on stage, like, but, like hip bumps He you? just kind of hip bumps me on the way past. Is he like, a big guy? Nah, uh, we're about the same size. Okay. Um, and Chris, his hat Chris, fell, Chris and he, is tall and has a really good build. And his hat, fa- his hat fell off, ladies. His hat <laughs> fell off. His shit hat fell off. So I just went, I just took the bump and I just looked at his hat on the ground and I went, oh, it looks like you dropped your shit hat. Nice. And he goes, "Put." I put him in a spot there because then he either had to acknowledge that it was shit, pick it up, put it back on, or and leave it and he knew he'd been being a dick too. He knew he'd been being So he picked it up and put it back on. Half an hour goes by. I'm trying to, you know... And uh, anyway, hey, are you getting ready to play? Is this leading up to the, yeah, the actual yeah. I, playing? I'm I'm ready. He's like, so we're in the hallway and there's France. Everyone's wasted by this point. Oh, he doesn't make it to the gig because you kick his ass. Oh no, fuck! No, sorry, no. audience. This is I'm right. This isn't this isn't my best. Like this isn't a good look for me. But it's anyway. He so Chris is all, a gentle soul and a spiritual animal. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're we're in the hallway and it gets a little heated and uh, someone and Alex from Friends Ferdinand goes, Oh, I knew this was gonna happen with you two guys and he goes, Yoshi, this is Chris, Chris, this is Yoshi. So I put my hand out and I went, Yeah, I met him before he was a cunt then and he's a cunt now. Oh, and then he just reached over. I didn't know even though he had it in his hand and smashed me over the head with a snapple Fucker. bottle. Knocked me out cold. Fucker. <laughs> with a snapple bottle? With a snapple bottle. And I woke up. 
shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you like bleeding and shit? This, the best part of the story is yet to come. Oh, no, I wasn't bleeding. Time. He didn't break the skin. It just knocked me out. I, and then the next Chris morning. Chris has a really hard head. We weren't. <laughs> We weren't even playing that day. We were playing the next day. Excellent. And so, you know, I got up in the morning, went to the, the, the catering tent, and I got some eggs, and I was just talking to my tour manager, and then I just fell over. Oh, shit. And he's like, man, you probably Dude. should get some scans. That probably Ooh, fucked your head off. So concussion. My, my brother, this is the best part. Fuji Festival is like, you know, you get in, you get your hotel room and then you've got it for a night and then it goes to another band because of a three-day festival and there's only a limited amount of hotel rooms. So we uh, gave up our hotel room. Uh, so the guy had given up his hotel room. My brother went to the front desk and he's like, Yoshi, Yoshi, what band, blah, blah, what room? I'm like, uh. So and he's he, already checked out. He's going for it. He's looking for the dude. He goes oh, up I to love, this room. Uh, is your brother Nick? I love him. Yeah. And he's like, he finds a room, he knocks on the door really loud, the door oh, opens shit. up, and he's like, which one of you fuckers hit my brother? And they're like, oh. um, I don't know, but we're Snow Patrol. are <laughs> 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 like, oh my God. not even close. Oh my God, this is kind of one of my first like road story, because the other people I've been talking to have been like engineers and stuff, and I can't imagine that there are many, many more. We might have to do just a series of Chris. Maybe. Like it, it might have to be like six or ten. I mean, I could tell you road stories for I hours. See, I mean, you know, my my stories of my career are interesting enough as well, most of which I cannot convey uh -huh. to protect the guilty. You got to. But uh, so we we drum kit. We're 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 you know we're playing. We're gigging. We're jet. You Yoshi Festival. You're at the height of the <laughs> height of the of the jet. Oh my God, we said we were going to talk about jet, but anyway, but jet but jet got you here. So. You, uh, yeah, it's an important part of the, yeah, the of story. Well, and it's how you honed your skills as a drummer. That's right. Touring touring is the best way. Playing every day in front of fucking 20, 30, 40,000 people yep. is probably a good way yep. and build up your stamina and stuff I, like that. So we were going to talk about singing while drumming. Okay. Well, yeah. I just want to just add a full stop to that. <laughs> okay. Um, I did a lot of like, you know, interviews for drum magazines and stuff. And okay. I have to say, like you know, and I'm not bragging, but but drumming does come pretty naturally to me, and I I, I enjoy it. But Ladies, I, he's got rhythm. But I don't go, yeah. <laughs> but I don't go. I don't sit there and practice. You're when, not like techied out. When I run into other drums, they're like, oh yeah, dude. How's your paradiddle? What's yeah, how's your, Thank you. How's your paradiddle? <laughs> How's your fucking mom? I don't give a shit. <laughs> a paradiddle? Yeah, I, I, don't mean, know. I just know that word. I don't. <laughs> it's a good. That's but that's what I always say. I'm like, I don't even know how to do a fucking paradiddle. Now, um, which one is? And then the other ones. Oh, fuck, I don't even know. That was me making shit up, by the way. You gotta sw switch hands, and then you just do it faster and faster and faster, and then who cares? Okay, yeah, that was me. <laughs> but, I'm amazing. Uh, anyway, but I was gonna say, like, you know, a lot of drum, you know, interviews would be like, you know, have you got any? Like one time, I remember at least a guy was like, "Have you got any advice for upcoming drummers?" And I was like, "Yeah, learn the fucking guitar." <laughs> that's perfect. Because that's where the money is. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So but I enjoyed it, but I always on the side was side hustling, learning how to play the guitar and piano and stuff. So like that. so piano. Like when you write now, like when you're composing and when you're writing songs, you, I know a lot of people do it different ways. A lot of people sit down and they hear a melody in their head and they sit at piano or they sit at the guitar and then the lyrics come later. Other times a lyric can inspire yeah. a melody. Like how, how does that work for you? Um, 
Not to well, sound serious, no, to no, dear, dear listeners. Okay. That's a good but, question. Yeah. Um, I it, it uh, in in the beginning in, with Jet, it was um, it was kind of like riff. Did you guys riff. co-write all the songs? Yeah. Yes. Um, Did you write a lot? Uh, but you wrote them together. We wrote them together. Um, Are you gonna be my girl? Was uh, my brother and Cam, our guitar player, who was like a third brother in our house, not blood related, but grew up. <coughs> with us. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, they yeah, had to get it's out. It's all right. Uh, and, uh, so they wrote that one. Um, um, I wrote, you know, we wrote cold hard bitch together and get what you need and move on. And most of it was collaborative, but my brother, the smart ass got, are you going to be my girl? Um, and you know, it just sort of, it just blew our career up and we had hits after that. And, um, it gave me an opportunity, got us in the door. And in Australia, obviously you're. Your home country boys, so you got a lot of support in Australia. I mean, you're you're huge all over the. Jet was huge all over the world, but I can imagine in Australia, even more so. So, after that initial record with "Are You Gonna Be My Girl," did how long were you touring with Jet, and where did things like what happened? After that? Um. Well, we so 2003 the record came out. We we um, there was a big bidding war. Um, we got offered. Yeah, I don't even know what label you were on. Yeah, we were on Electra. We signed with Electra, but we had. Those of you don't know, Electra is part of the Warner family. That's it's right. Warner Electra Asylum. Like we the had family. We had a lot of um, we had a lot of options though, because the vines and the strokes and everything was oh, popping yeah. off so hard, and we were young and we had that look and we had the songs, we had the pick of the litter really, and we had some really crazy deals on the table, but we opted for the one that offered us three firm records. So maybe you can explain the difference. I, oh, or I can like, uh, no, you can meaning, <laughs> meaning that right, it's important. Um, yeah. you know, when you get offered firm records, they're different to a record, a, a record contract because it basically means that the record company can't, they have to commit. Yeah. To they a can't drop amount. you. They can't drop you. Yeah. And the other labels were offering us way more money, but less security. Right. So we took the lower money, which was still substantial. Yeah. It was a million bucks a record. That's right. I mean, you know, one of the last <laughs> record deals probably <laughs> of the whole industry, like <laughs> rock and roll at least. Um, and um, so we did that and we made Get Born and, and we were in a fucking van somewhere in Detroit and we played in front of like three people and a dog and the dog left. Oh, and that like, didn't happen. Not no, even. No, really. Like we we played in a place. Everybody's in a van, by the way. Yeah, no. And it's some great. of you end up in a van down oh. by the river, and some of you end up in a van that turns into a bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but everybody, yeah. like the police, were in a van. Nirvana was in a van. You know, everybody was in a fucking van. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not ruining the van, but I'm just saying, like, it wasn't going great. And we we like we had this million dollar thing. And when just for people who don't know, when you sign a million dollar record deal, it's not like they just give you a million dollars. That's a million dollars you got to pay back, just like yes, a bank I, loan. Banks, uh, labels are banks with high interest. Yeah, uh, that much I know. Yeah, and and girls who do blow with you in the bathroom too. It's important. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're important components of that road experience. We weren't really going anywhere. The record came in at like 160 or 100. Wait, this is the second record. First one. And then, you know, um, all of a sudden we had this opportunity. A manager called us up and said, Apple want to use your song for the iPod, the new iPod. And this is when iPods were brand new. Right, right, right. So it was like new technology. Like they were built like bricks. Then. And what, oh, I, I have an original Yeah, iPod. me too. I, I, I refuse to get rid of I'm it. I'm not getting rid of it either. 
<laughs> I keep I keep it for all the future Mrs. Sesters. Dude, so I have like I, 70, <laughs> I have like seventy five hundred songs on like one of my iPods. Now, do you um? So wait, so they decide to use your song for yep. iPod. Yep. And Was it? Are you gonna be my girl? Yep. Okay. All right. And then it blew up, and and uh, all of a sudden it was God bless the iPod. An all you can eat buffet of anything really. Cool. So now yeah. you're playing bigger venues. Yeah, yeah. The van is a nicer van. Van's a nicer van. We've all got attitudes now. Oh you know, yeah. We're all like, and you are Australian. We yeah. all we all think we made the band, and blah blah. Everybody, oh. you know, things started getting. Oh, this is know, how is this how bands break up? I think so. Brothers think, say brothers, but bands break up. I think egos, you know, yeah. cocaine. Money, Liam Gallagher, Noel egos. Gallagher. Yeah, you just it's hot because uh, that's a really good example. <laughs> I mean, look at it, like Noel. Noel is a friend of mine. He's one of um. He looks like a the, thumb. He's one of the best songwriters, yeah, of our time. You know, easily. Yeah. Um, but I think that if Liam hadn't have sung those hits, yeah. Wonderwall, yeah, Champagne Supernova, yeah, um, then it wouldn't have happened Champagne for them. Champagne Supernova so they, is like my personal theme song because well, I love champagne. <laughs> slowly walking down the hall. Yeah, yeah it's totally me. Um, Beautiful. You need it's you. Both of them are essential. Like Liam couldn't do anything without Noel. Noel couldn't do it. Yeah. Have done it without Liam. I really Nick and Chris. That. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, it, it's annoying and Cam. when and Cam. when and Cam. It's annoying when people make comparisons. Not you, but like yeah. when you're doing an interview with somebody you've never met, and they're right. like, "Oh yeah, your brothers just like Oasis," but there are a lot of similarities. And and I have three brothers, and they were in a band together, and they moved to L.A. to become famous rock stars, and they ended up being janitors in a recording studio, and they became really talented engineers, and that's how I ended up in the studio world. Interesting. Yeah, so I have oh, three cool. older brothers. So that's but they're really good musicians. Like my oldest brother is a ridiculous blues player who still plays. He just relocated from Haleiwa, Hawaii, to our hometown you of Charleston. You just told me that. Yeah, he plays every day. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, he's fucking. He, he literally is a skinny old white dude that channels like. Robert Johnson. He's Why like do you leave Haleiwa? You know, he'd lived in Hawaii for a really long time. And I think, you know, we're here in California. The rest of the siblings are, you know, four of us total. Three boys, me. And I think he just got really isolated. You know, he kind of lived just north of Haleiwa. And I don't know. I mean, he had friends and stuff. But interestingly enough, where we're from in Charleston, South Carolina, he still has all these friends from like high school and they're all grown now, and they all like think he's a badass. And so his name is Rick. And so when he goes to play, my maiden name is Smith. So Rick Smith, when he goes to play, he like people are calling him up, going like, "I idolized you when I was in high school, man, and I just want to like jam with you and stuff." So he's playing all the time now. He did, he called me yesterday. And he goes, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I went out with his brother." And he goes, "Well, he he's." followed me and he's like in a plan with me and i'm like yeah he's a really good guitar player. this guy named brad henty very good guitar player in my hometown and i'm like yeah charleston's a little town but it's a fairly sophisticated town it's a port mm -hmm. town mm -hmm. so you know a lot of european influence in everything food really good food everything M you know music a lot of blues a lot of rock you know eric johnson used to play there you know it's it was a very not a huge tour destination i don't know did you ever tour there when you were with jet Charleston, South Carolina. You might have played there. Probably. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> but I mean, it's not yeah. a giant town, but it's it's a big city in South Carolina. Anyway. Yeah. So, he didn't have a support group, and he moved back to our hometown. But like all brothers, and that was the case, 
certainly with my older brothers was uh, they tried to make a go of it with their band and they were really, really good. Like they opened for the Almond Brothers, all their stuff. But when they came out to L.A. and the reality of having to make a living, my older brother got a job at the record plant on 3rd Street in, I think, 1970. That sounds like a fun time to be yeah. at the record plant, though. Dude, I was coming out in high school mm. and it was madness. So anyway, but enough about me. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about me later. It's all right. It's good. It's good to have a chat instead of like a... Well... You know, uh, I will say that I, I would come out in high school and like they were working, you mentioned Stevie Wonder and your dad's record collection and how Superstition was kind of, you know, one of the good three records. And my older brother worked on Songs of the Key of Life and no he way. was an assistant engineer on that record. So I ran around high school like a picture of the L because his <laughs> photograph is inside on the, oh, really? on the on the on the liner notes that's so, so cool so i'd like run around like showing people a picture of my brother going that's my brother you know that's my brother that's really that's <laughs> awesome that's and really so, cool yeah, so that i wonder should we put a photo of chris khan ace west engineer in the sleeve of our you record should, totally <laughs> bring it back you bring totally back the costume should. well you know it's interesting uh and I don't know, you're a lot younger than me. How old are you? Um, I'm 40. Oh, he's he's really, really handsome. <laughs> um, I'm going to be 63 next Friday. What the fuck? You're is killing going on with it, that? though, oh, Candace. God, I, I told for anyone who's interested in hearing this, my daughter <laughs> surfed for the first time. Oh, yeah. Okay, get this, all right? So, like, I'm at East West maybe a month ago mixing something or yeah and uh you know east west was having a little party and candace was there my daughter was there she's 11 we walk out candace and i have known each other for years and candace says that's your daughter and she goes sorry about your dad <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs> no Whoops. no no she laughed she thought it was great oh. she when you meet people who are eccentric you know yeah i love that and so so when you told me because so uh, my daughter just learned how to surf a few days ago. Huh. I'm actually still in cool, agony. Cool, he sent me a cool, fo- dude. It you'll, hurts. you'll be hurting for years. It hurts. No, I he sent me no a idea. picture. He sent me a picture of Coco riding a wave, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like she was doing really good. Yeah, she did, first day, and then so Candace told me that she had been a surfer girl. So I immediately texted my daughter and I said, "Remember that girl who told me sorry about your dad? <laughs> She's a surfer too." <laughs> Because I want to encourage her to be yeah. a bit more wild and do things that are, that her friends aren't doing. Well, you know, and- one thing I'll say about surfing, and I think that anyone, and I was never great, but I loved it. And there's a lot of people, anybody <laughs> anybody from my hometown who listens to this podcast are going to be like, you sucked, you're never good. But, but one of the things about, first of all, you grow up in a coastal town, and it's very, very important, I think, from an early age not to be afraid of the water. So I, I bless my mom, Cynthia, my dad, Paul. They were like, you know, they just wanted to get rid of us, I'm sure. <laughs> they are like, okay, you're three years old, you're two years old, you're going to learn how to swim. You know, and then it was from, we didn't have a pool or anything. So it's like, and we live by the beach, so you're going to go to the beach and we're going to sit back here and, you know, drink martinis and talk to each other and you guys are going to go out there and not, out. not drown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not drown. Yeah. So I... I have always felt very at home in the water. Uh, we mentioned my older brother who lived in Haleiwa. He surfed all the time, boogie board all the time. He still goes out in the water. Um, South Carolina has much warmer water uh, than California. Hawaii obviously has warm water. But uh, California had cold water. So one of the things that happened to me was when I got out of high school, my dad died when I was really young. 
and we'll talk about supporting Coco's learning of surfing, is that you basically, like anything, you just sort of get out there and do it, you know, and you have no fear. And when you're younger, I think this is true, you don't have fear because you don't know all the bad things that can happen. <laughs> it's a, actually, it's a beautiful moment in your life when yeah. you don't know yet. I think I think What's it's, I think it's kind of still lasting for me. <laughs> well, good. I can I can I can see that. I, I you know I think it changes if you. I, no, I have fear of falling off of curbs because I broke my ankle, or you broke your arm, so you probably don't. Yeah, you probably have some kind of fear of like of that kind of shit. Foot, well, I don't play football anymore. That's yeah, for there sure. you go. Yeah. But um, these these hands are too valuable now. Yeah, oh, oh golden golden gloves, Debbie, <laughs> golden gloves. But one thing about surfing that I will say, as in, it is different from almost any sport because the action of laying on your stomach and paddling and lifting your head up is a most unique thing, and your and your neck will hurt forever because there's no exercise that mimics paddling. Here, here, you know, I'm in it's shock. Really, are you hurting? I feel like I got. The and your neck, did your neck hurt like shit and your my chest? Neck, it was right here, my top ribs, because oh, okay. from laying on the board and paddling. Did you ever water ski? Because um, that's Jesus, another one, water I, ski. I told you I was born in Noble Park. We don't fucking yeah, water ski. I grew, up, I, grew up on, <laughs> I grew up middle class on an island called James Island. We had this river called the Stono River, and we'd water ski and, and, one, and you know, fucking snakes and shit ever. You don't think about it, though, and, you, and your water skiing, and one thing I'll say about water skiing, especially because I have boobs is that when you're water skiing <laughs> you come away from that and surfing too you come away from that and you feel like someone has taken your boobs and pulled them two feet out from your body like it hurts <laughs> it hurts so bad it's like fuck it's like oh shit anyway yeah. but surfing is really good it's a really good it's a very spirit all sports are spiritual i think a lot of people bag on sports but i think that there's a spirituality in sports if you're in the zone as an athlete or as a musician. I think if you're in that zone where you're just really in the moment mm -hmm. of whatever it is you're doing, surfing is particularly beautiful for that because you're out in the ocean. Listen, and this is it's relevant amazing. to 2022. My daughter's 11. Yeah, she's you know, had two years of COVID YouTube and weirdness. and shit and the things Dude, that I- Dude, 9 to 11? Oh, man. I just, just too, like, it's, it's really difficult. I'm sure anyone who's a parent who's listening to this can attest to this. It's really difficult to kind of maintain the balance between what they love doing, which is communicating- with their friends through YouTube and uh, the the their game phone, besides, Roblox and, and Steam and all that stuff, right? And look, I'm not. And it's yeah, hard. There's because, no AI in surfing. Well, I used to fucking <laughs> I'm tell you exactly, this right now. <laughs> exactly. I used to I used to play a lot of Nintendo. You know, like I had three brothers, so my whole thing was like just shut up, be in the corner, yeah, leave and leave me alone. Just pretend like you yeah, don't exist, and everyone will forget it's your bedtime. Yeah, and it's outgoing yeah. as we both are. I think we both probably having siblings. I feel sorry for only children because there's no one to hide from. <laughs> no. Oh, your no parents, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. yeah I, but surfing's great yeah. because she's, it took her off there, it took her a couple of days. Of, it's know, that's courageous. And she, she, she smashed it and the joy of, of the pure joy of like achieving something. Oh, yeah. That wasn't just like a little like, hey, hey, fuck you on like YouTube or whatever. Like, I think something that's very really, cool. yeah. it's very healthy. It's very, very healthy. I mean, I, I got into it. I went, I got, my father passed away and I got out of high school really early. I used to be really smart. Earlier, you're talking about being a genius because your brother got a scholarship. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so, just attaching myself. So I made, I made, yeah, I'm attaching myself to that too. So I, I made really good grades and I got out of high school really early. My father had passed. My mom didn't even know. Like my mom thought that like I was going to be, 
you know, a junior in high school. I'm like, no, I skipped the 11th grade. She goes, when did that happen? I'm like, well, I took 11th grade English in summer school. She's like, what? Like, she didn't even know what had happened. And I, uh-huh. and I just skipped the 11th grade and I graduated high school and I started college. And that first year of college, I mean, I'm only like 17. So that first year I have my own apartment, you know, I had my first apartment when I was still a virgin. That's Whoa. crazy, right? Wow, that that, that quickly crazy. changed. Nobody and I live by myself. That quickly changed. But I uh, live by yourself. It's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there's no roommates to fuck with you. Anyway, so then I uh, met this guy, and he was older, and he was a surfer, and he made me this beautiful... And I'd already been surfing moderately. Folly Beach, where I grew up, doesn't have big waves. I've been surfing some and you know swimming all the time, and uh, we went to a Lutheran in the Bahamas. And he was amazing. His name was Ken Morgan, and I basically hung out was like surfer girlfriend but uh they had a chicken processing plant they still have a chicken processing plant on the island of Eleuther in an area called hatchet bay and every day they would drop the remains of the chickens uh into the water so there was this frenzy of sharks right so <laughs> that was the first time that i ever knowingly swam with sharks so that was the first time that i'd ever like like oh it's gonna be okay i'm just gonna swim and there's going to be sharks and shit. <laughs> it's going to be hard. And it was fine. Yeah, it was all fine. I Everything was fine. That's the like end to, of my serving story. And I, then I... I don't like to think about the sharks. Yeah, I, that was... I, yeah. That was <laughs> you basically... I need a cube. Or cube me. I'm Chris and I are having ice water. And it's making fizzy noises. <laughs> but no, that's so... But see, what a good daddy you are. That's right. You're a good dad, though, because you take joy in your child's joy. And you didn't try to, like... You didn't instill her with any kind of fear. Like you weren't like, I mean, you were watching her, making sure she didn't drown or whatever, but you weren't like going, oh, like, see, this is what I, a lot of, I don't have kids, probably the world's a better place for it, but, (laughs) but you see so many people that are fearful and they jump in and their kid's trying to do something new and they're like, but don't do that, but wait about that. It's like, you know what, man, your kid's got to be a kid, but you, you grow up and, and like you're saying, you don't. You know, the skull and crossbones on the bleach. You tell your kid not to drink the bleach that so it'll kill him. And if the kid's stupid enough to drink the bleach, this is natural selection. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, I don't want anything to ever happen to anyone's kid that I know. But, like, if your kid's stupid enough to drink the Clorox, that's a stupid fucking kid. Yeah. There's <laughs> something to be said for natural selection. <laughs> right, but actually, saying, yeah. when my brother, when COVID happened, you know, I spoke to Nick, my brother on the phone, and he was just like, you know, maybe this is just natural selection. There's just too many fucking idiots, idiots yeah. out there. And yeah, like, Unfortunately, the- <laughs> I don't think just dumb people die, though. Anyway, so yeah. we, we, we digress because Chris and I love talking to each other. He's a fucking interesting cat, and I'm interrupting him working today, actually, so I don't want to take up too much more of his time. But I want to get to the important so what i think is the current important stuff which is that he's obviously he's a dad now but he's been writing music on his own now the project that you're working on now i know the title but tell the what is the title of the band or what is the title of the group courtesy of noel gallagher the title of the band is mystic nights of amnesia it's a it's a long one and it's a pain in the ass because right now we're trying to figure out our logo and that's a lot of words but it's mkoa mkoa so mystic nights of amnesia Yes, exactly. Knights with a K. Not as in knights as in good night. Knights as in knights Come of on, armor. people. Mystic knights. Let's come on. Let's, yeah. you know, Arthur. Let's go there. All right, and so. a lot of it was made and written between four and six in the morning um, when things were a little bit, like, kind of weirder. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of it. I know everybody says that. Who, uh, who, uh, who was... Uh, 
Is there any other? Is this the first miss? Is this the debut? Yeah, yeah. this will. I've so. I've I started this you know five years ago and um, with with my writing partner at the time, Louis Macklin, who was Jet's touring keyboard player. Mm-hmm. We became good friends. He's just good looking enough to be in the band, um, <laughs> but not to overshadow. But not to overshadow. Love perfect, that? perfect. <laughs> That's absolutely. I totally perfect. get that. You look good, Louis, but you don't look that good. <laughs> anyway. We did it, and, and Louis was always like, you know, well, use your Jack connections and blah, blah, blah. Let's get this going. But, you know, you, as my grandfather once said, you can't Go push. fuck yourself? <laughs> no, this is good. You can't push spaghetti in a straight line. You have to pull it, which is a really uh. weird Italian reference. But it just means I just didn't think it was right, and it, it never felt like at the time when we did our first EP, which was here too, which we never released, which you it, will release. And we will. Yeah. It just, it was like, well, shit, nobody's listening right now. I'm not, I don't want to put it out and sell 600 copies. I want people to listen to this record. So I didn't do it and I held off and then the music just got better and better and uh, and then. Who all plays on it? Well, now, um, so I played the drums, obviously. I sing most of the tracks. There's a couple of other contributors. Um, Aaron Eisenberg, a friend of mine that I've met. What's the what, what's the track that I love so much? Oh, oh, Hollywood Ride. That, Hollywood Ride. That's um, um, that's Manny. Uh, this Emmanuel, is like spoken word. This particular song. People. Yeah, it's like, do you like my accent? Yeah, it's, you're gonna love. You're gonna love this. It's kind of like uh, get ready a, for Mystic Nights of Amnesia. It's got a Vincent Price kind of vibe. That a total one. Total Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think Alex Turner is gonna hate us because like it sounds like we're taking the piss out of him, and maybe we are. I don't even know who Alex accent. Turner is. Oh, Arctic Monkeys. Oh, so I love him. Yeah, um, love you. I, Love you, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, no, we love Alex too, and I love Arctic Monkeys. But the way that Manny's sort like of Vincent Price accent worked mm. out sounds like he's doing Alex Turner, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, <laughs> um, and we got Joe Walsh on a track. Um, uh, you might know him from the Eagles. Um, he he, I sent the demo to my manager, and my manager heard it. I'm I, a huge Joe Walsh fan. I I saw that. I saw what was it? JoJo Gun? What was his band? Oh, uh, you I mean can, can you're talking about Funk, uh, Funk Forty Six? Oh no, no, it was early on when he did Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah, yeah. What's the band called? Uh, God, I should know this. Is it James Gang? Yeah, James Gang. Yeah, James That's Gang. Yep. Sorry, Jojo Gum people. Yeah, James Gang. And I was like maybe fourteen, and I saw him at the Municipal Auditorium in my hometown, and he did Rocky Mountain Way, and he had that whole talk box thing going With on. The vocoder. Yeah, the vocoder uh-huh. thing going on, like the Peter Frampton thing. That yep. was a thing back then. But uh, anyway, Joe Walsh, great guitar player. The biggest hands, other than Jeff Beck, the biggest hands I've ever seen. I mean... Jeff, uh, Beck, had, Jeff Beck has the biggest hands. Really? It's like, ooh, it's crazy. He works on cars too, no? Yeah, I love cars too. We he, love cars. He, Chris I and I both love cars. I think too. he's a mechanic too. But, he is. He's, but, but Joe Walsh has big hands, big heart, and big man, good player. Big uh, <laughs> bank account. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's amazing, actually. Yeah, so he, we, my manager heard the track and was like, "Oh shit, this sounds kind of like Joe Walsh." And I was like, "Oh, cool." I'm Who's back. your I'm, manager? Um, his name's Lee Luston. He he signed us to Electra. He was the head of A and R when we signed to Electra in two thousand and two. Wow. And uh, and and we like he's, him, loyal guy. He's like managing him. Mystic Knights of Amnesia. Jet has a different manager. Um, now, but, does Jet still tour? No. No, we don't really talk very much. Um, you and your brother will be all right. It'll work out. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully. It'll be fine. We um, just, we're having some, uh, I think, you know, just, we, we went straight from sharing a bunk bed 
at home to straight on a tour bus for 10, 15 years. That's, that's um, crazy. We just never really got to be by ourselves. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what crazy. we're doing right now. So Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Be on your own. Do your own thing. Yep. Um, so, Mystic Nights of Amnesia. I know we're getting, you're finishing up the record, and then we're going to have some amazing mixers, do yes. some tracks. I'm going to try to help in that department. I'm going to remind everyone how to f- play a song without, like, copy and paste in the beat. All the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, so this will be, and you're going to release it on your own. Uh, well, we're, what about distribution? Any distribution? We're not at the at the moment. You know, you and you know Keith and basically the East West employees and a couple of my friends are the only people who have heard it. Oh wow! So we haven't started. Well, I'm we we haven't even cool. showed it to anybody yet, um, because I I want to get. Well, your this, manager will be able to help. Well, yeah, and and what I want to do at, by the end of today is is hand him this track and say, all right, go for it. Right, and you and you've learned the things that you learned not to do. With, right. with Jet is what you incorporate into the next venture. Oh, put it out. Put like My brother had a solo record after Jet sort of broke up the first time and his management was saying, you know, don't, don't just put it out. Like now's not the time, you know, you need a catalyst and blah, blah, blah. And they were right, you know, but he got impatient, put it out by himself and... Nothing really happened. Nothing really it. happened. I, I don't know it. the name of that record. It's so. a really good record. It's called Sugar Rush. It's a really great record, but... I think sometimes it's not about how good the music is. It's about, sometimes it's about how you play your cards. It's about everything. Well, timing, timing, yeah. luck, and talent, and this is true of any skill. Timing, luck, surfing. Yeah. <laughs> timing, luck, and talent is, is so important for everything. But I'm, I'm super excited because I have heard it, and I really like it, and I think people are going to dig it. Chris Sester, Mystic Nice of Amnesia, Get Ready, Learn how to surf. Learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> Not the drums. Learn how to cook. Oh, wait. Yeah, learn how to cook. Learn how to drive a van. Learn how to fix the van. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have big hands. Learn how to fix a drink. <laughs> and if you have big hands, make somebody else do it. Anyway, uh, I think that like closes off this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I had so much fun doing this, dude. I will come back anytime. (laughs) Dude, I had so much fun doing this. It's just.